Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Dragan uh, Samargia from uh, ALU and uh, Wim Rue of uh, Freescale, and we're going to be talking about um, the Internet of Things and especially Internet of Thing infrastructures because it's very easy to just say Internet of Things is like a buzzword, isn't it? Welcome to the show, Dragon. Welcome to the show, Wim. Hi. Hi, how are you? And, oh, and I'll ask you specifically by name so that way the audience knows, but uh, you, you follow where I'm going, Dragon. You know, Internet of Things is a very cute buzzword, but what does it really mean? Yeah, uh, Internet of Things means a lot of things, and it became integral part of what 5G will be. So it's not just things that are currently being connected and using the current technologies to enable Internet of Things, but very much what 5G brings to the table and the key features of 5G seems to be right now tailored towards highly efficient support for Internet of Things. Okay. Well, right. Well, I mean, well, there you go right there. You brought up uh, 5G. As, I mean, that's more uh, direct infrastructure. And in WIM, if I may say, uh, what would you say? Because as a, from Freescale on the manufacturing side, a lot of people, like I said, forget that it's more than just a device, that it's also the supporting infrastructures that make the IoT happen. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, this is where uh, the Dragon was going, right? If you're looking at, at 5G, the way we see it is because a thing that you're connecting can be uh, can have a very wide range of requirements in terms of throughput, latency, uh, connectivity. That uh, that 5G will provide like a mix of uh, of access methodologies uh, that are each optimized uh, to whatever is the target device that you're connecting to. And we see that, that this has some, quite some big impacts on the, the infrastructure side of things, where you're kind of moving away from dedicated boxes for, for example, wireline and wireless access to more of a converged network where, you know, as, a, as an operator, you're going to just want to provide IP access to, through whichever means uh, to the end user. Right, right, right. Well, Alcatel Lucent has been in that space since literally it was invented, right, Dragon? Exactly. And our role, it's evolving, and the uh, role of our customers, uh, service providers, and highly intelligent infrastructure, in our view, will be the key enabler for Internet of Things. So, yeah, we're currently using cellular systems for VARs, for uploading, downloading large amount of data, but uh, to enable smart, super-efficient IoT infrastructure will be extremely critical, such as to mix and match video together with sensor traffic, together with low-latency traffic that could be associated with connected cars. So even though most of the people currently talking about devices and IoT, we strongly believe that infrastructure is effectively the most critical part of IoT and future part of, as we call it, heterogeneous traffic and support for heterogeneous traffic. Mm-hmm. So now, uh, who would like to jump in and specifically lay out for everyone what exactly does 5G mean? 
When? Would you? Um, sure, I'll have a stab at that one. Um, what does 5G mean to us is, is very much what, uh, what Dragon said, heterogeneous access. So if you look at, for example, the, the famous white paper from uh, NGMN where they outlay the requirements for 5G, it says, okay, more throughput, lower latency, more devices, etc., etc. The, the requirements you would expect. Um, but the, when you move to the implementation side, you know, how are we going to satisfy those requirements? Heterogeneous access is, is the first factor. You're saying, okay, today you're talking over LTE um, between your mobile phone and the network. And that's moving to a mix of multiple access technologies. This is where convergence with Wi-Fi comes in, convergence with DSL comes in, uh, convergence with, uh, uh, with future modem technologies like millimeter wave or wireline access. You know, I think your DSL box. Um, mm -hmm. So this is kind of like the direction we see uh, 5G evolving. And that kind of leads you to the next step, which is, okay, what do we then actually need to provide to support that network. Think about virtualization technologies where you're no longer, because you're no longer running uh, one four, 3G, 4G network, but a mix of access technologies, virtualization becomes the enabler to provide that. Uh, well, everything's going virtual. Sorry to jump in like that, but I mean, when you think about virtualization, I mean, it's getting to the point where in the smart grid, they're actually talking about virtual power stations. Everything's going virtual. It's, it's phenomenal. Uh, absolutely true, but I think that the, what you you need to move to the next layer are really figuring out what is virtualization going to give you, um, where am I going to virtualize my network, and so on and so on. You mm -hmm. move beyond the buzzword, uh, mm -hmm. and that's where we are going uh, on the R and D side uh, in, in freescale. I'm sure ALU as well. Well, and that's that, that's what we desperately need is we need to move beyond the buzzwords and really talk about technologies and solutions that are truly manifested, that you can order, that you could install, that you could update, that you can manage, because there's a lot of promise out there, and I'm really glad to see partnerships like yours delivering products and services and such. In fact, what, could you tell us about some of them that are available? Um, whichever wants first. Let's go for Dragon if you want first. Uh, yeah, when it, uh, when it comes to real stuff, I, I think Wim did indicate some true technologies that we're working on uh, beyond the buzzwords. Um, uh, and all of those different technologies may need to be uh, enabled by a unified or at least couple of very powerful uh, uh, digital signal processing layer two, layer three platforms. So uh, uh, 5G uh, means millimeter waves, uh, um, higher frequencies, uh, extremely large number of antennas, existing technologies such as Wi-Fi, LTE, and everything to be scalable, plus either being located in the remote, which would be a conventional base station, whether it's a small cell or a typical macro cell, or somewhere in the cloud wherever the processing will take place. Then on the top of it, what we're dealing with, it's truly a, a diverse support in terms of traffic. Uh, for IoT, short packets. We're talking about 100, 
200 byte messages. We're talking about millisecond latencies if we're supposed to support something like connected cars. At the same time, in certain situations, you need to deliver gigabits worth of data to particular users. So this is where the real stuff begins. It begins with algorithms, with understanding how the systems will be connected, how microcells will work with small cells, and of course, everything ported on particular semiconductor platforms. And that's what we're dealing with. As I said, at least in, in, in immediately what's of my interest is support for short packet access, such as for IoT, as well as millimeter waves or large number of antennas. Without truly powerful platforms, semiconductor platforms, that's not doable. And that's where the buzzword stops uh, and where the real work has to begin. Okay? Yeah, very well said. You're absolutely right on that. I agree with you completely. Um, it is Beautiful, though, to be able to see all of this new technology and new marketplace grow and develop. With It's almost like watching a flower and you're hoping it will come out really beautiful and you hope something stupid doesn't happen to kill it or twist it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. How about you, I mean, and I think that this is, um, this is why from Freescale side we're so excited to work um, with Alcatalusen and Bell Labs because it, it kind of helps us uh, push through a lot of these technology barriers that uh, the dragon was mentioning. If you look at if you look at Alcatalusen, there's a huge amount of history in pushing innovation, developing new technologies. Whereas uh, what we have to bring to the table is the, the the required technology to get, let's say, the 10x or whatever the number may be of computational horsepower that you need to implement millimeter wave, large amount of antennas, or next-generation wireline technology. So I think that's why, from my side, I'm really excited to work with the, with the likes of Dragon. Got yeah. it, got it. Yeah, I, I, would just, I would just agree with that, I, and I think there is a very a nice complementarity to our teams. Uh, we have extensive knowledge of, of systems, uh, algorithms, but we always need uh, more power, more power in terms of processing on whatever layer and wherever in the network, and that's what's coming with uh, Freescale. And that's, I think, we're creating a very nice partnership here, and if successful, uh, it's going to have, uh, I, I, I really believe, a true impact how we are dealing with these future 5G networks and different kind of applications about. About. So mirroring the systems, algorithms with truly powerful platform, I think that's a recipe for su success. <laughs> and I, again, I agree. That one of the biggest problems I have in this show is we all wind up agreeing, and I know that a lot of people expect some kind of controversy on a talk show, but in the case of an engineering talk show, since we actually are talking about like real facts and technologies, anyone with eyes can see that these are the right directions to be going. Wouldn't you agree, Dragon? 
Yes, we've got, uh, apart from this kind of a rosy picture, of course, on the technical level, we've got uh, a lot of problems to deal with. Uh, if we extrapolate the need for power, let's say in terms of uh, baseband processing starting from LTE and where we want to be when it comes to millimeter wave uh, technologies, massive MEMA or uh, advanced versions of ADSL, obviously we're talking about at least order of magnitude more processing power, uh, whether for extremely high data rates or for extreme number of small devices, such as in IoT. And that's where we see a lot of discussions, uh, thinking uh, in certain situations we do not agree with each other, but this is very much constructive because, as I said, we're dealing with something that needs to be at least 10 times bigger, better, faster. And that's not easy to achieve, especially if we want to uh, have it happen within a, a few years from now. So uh, on the technical front, we have a very active dialogue and nothing is as rosy as uh, <laughs> otherwise you, uh, you may uh, assume it is, okay? Mm-hmm. Got it. Absolutely. Now, uh, I agree with that. Do you have something so. to add there? Please. Yeah, going there was like, in the end, you're talking about physics, right? Like the, the computational requirements of doing, for example, massive MIMO or next generation DSL going to be like, say, 10x. Let's, let's take that as a number. Then mm-hmm. in the end, you're limited by Moore's law and silicon technology into how many multipliers or how many other operations you can put on a chip. And we are having a lot of discussion is on the one hand you have a requirement for flexibility right I would like to have one modem do both DSL and millimeter wave and massive MIMO um, which requires programmability but on the other hand you want to get the best efficiency out of your platform because power consumption is key so this is where the the technical discussion is going on how can we provide a platform that combines both in the best way and that's where the research work is, is really at. Understood. And now, I mean, like I said, we're literally making it up as we go along. There's so much looking forward that you, it, you could almost literally impossibly, it's almost literally impossible to predict, but there are some broad strokes that we can see. Um, Dragon, what are some of those that you see? Well, uh, uh, from Alcatel, Lucent uh, viewpoint, uh, having a platform which can be easily programmable, uh, which we can use uh, a conventional, well-understood uh, programming languages. Uh, this is extremely valuable for a couple of reasons. What we've learned, um, uh, first of all, we can find uh, people that can program it more easily rather than a few of those which spe- um, have uh, special skills when it comes to other types of platforms. And number two, uh, usually a design design uh, built for those platforms is highly portable. As the silicon evolves, as more processing power is needed, it's always more easier to migrate that kind of design. 
However, uh, that creates a direct conflict. This, this is in a, a direct conflict with power consumption, as, as Wim indicated. So I mm-hmm. think that's going to be exactly the balance between and the sweet spot for the current technologies, for the current systems and algorithms, between uh, ease of programmability uh, uh, and uh, power slash cost uh, point that such a platform can meet. Uh, and as well, how easily we'll be able to upgrade, evolve as new ideas are brought to the table, as new versions of the standards are uh, being ratified. So this is kind of a general tension, and um, I think it's extremely important for everybody in the industry when it comes to, to whether radio access or wireline access technologies. So those are kind of the key tensions I see in front of us. Got it, got it. Well, that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, do you have anything to add to that, Wim? No, I think, uh, I think as you would expect from partners, we're in tight agreement here. Um, I think the, the other aspect that, of course, comes into play is the, the higher layer standards where um, we are definitely moving towards a, a virtualized world. Um, and as the end control, right, there, the operator network will become more and more flexible and open and programmable. Mm-hmm. Um, which requires yet again to have the right silicon in place, the right enablement in place, and the right uh, systems implemented by, by the likes of Alcatel. So there's a lot of work ahead. I think that we, we know what we need to do in the next couple of years, um, but uh, we also know that we're going to be quite busy. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And, well, that's the thing is that a lot of people don't realize, and they're starting to realize that it's a gestalt. Every part has to be optimally managed and optimally designed, and otherwise that half a percentage of inefficiency cascades through the system and you're losing $5 million a year to heat. That's the exact point that I'm getting at. Um, it's, let's call it easy to throw a function in a virtual machine. Where, where we are trying to focus on is to um, do that, but also get the efficiency that you today have in, in any legacy system. And that's that balance that you need to strike. And, and that's where uh, there's still work to be done, to be honest. Agreed. Agreed. Now, I apologize, gentlemen, but this is a podcast and we do have a time limit. Uh, but what I'd like to do before I let you go, I'll give you each a very short uh, window for it, uh, but I always give my guests the opportunity to have the last word on my show. Uh, it could be a little bit more about the company or the service or product or the market or just a tip for our audience. But I'll let Dragon go first and then win. Well, of course, uh, um, I work for uh, Alcatel Lucent and more specifically Bell Labs, which is a research branch of Alcatel Lucent, and we're looking ahead, and definitely this project, it's very exciting for us. And there is one more reason why it's exciting. I think uh, we're at a, at, a, at a unique time since we can both understand where the silicon is headed and through the limitations and abilities of silicon as well influence what the future 5G will be. Up to now, usually uh, system design algorithms uh, were superimposed on the existing silicon and then silicon needed uh, to do a lot of catch-up. In this case, since we are we have started at the right time, we can as well influence what's going to happen on the system level or 
on the algorithm level as a result of even better usage of possible silicon architectures and the evolution of the silicon. And I think that's a quite unique uh, uh, place to be right now, even though this is like the third decade of digital cellular systems, digital access, but still I think this is very much unique uh, um, in terms of 5G, IoT, and silicon. Okay, thanks. <laughs> very nice. And you, Wim? Um, very much as Dragon is saying. Like Freescale has been since a very long time in the market of providing optimized power performance devices for the markets we play in. And we've had a long partnership with ALU that we're now really taking to the next level where we're, uh, as Dragon said, we're not providing silicon after a standard is available and defined, but we're driving this system together with ALU and Bell Labs. And I think that's where we can provide a shorter term to market and better, uh, better solutions. So, so we're really happy of doing this. Well, and I'm glad you are as well. As my audience knows, I am very passionate about this space and everything that organizations like the two of yours, especially in collaboration, because that helps enrich the development process, is just nothing but good for our industry and society. So... Thank you very much, gentlemen. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show. And we'll definitely drag you back, not necessarily together. Maybe we could trap you separately and chat some more about the IoT and uh, wireless infrastructures. All right? Okay. Thank Thank you very much. Excellent. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to listen to us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul Tom Power. Have a great day.